and welcome to the Selective Mutism Help Home Educational Learning Program podcast. My name is Kelly and I'll be your host. This podcast aims to give you the help you need to support the person in your life affected by selective mutism. In this episode, I'll be talking about what selective mutism is and the telltale signs that a child in your life may or may not have selective mutism. Let's get started. Welcome to the first episode of the Selective Mutism Help Home Educational Learning Program podcast. My name is Kelly, and I'm a parent of a child with selective mutism. Being that I'm a parent and not a medical professional, this podcast is for informational purposes only. On this episode, we'll be sharing with you things we noticed with our daughter when she was young and how we realized that she was struggling with selective mutism. To start, I'll give you a quick definition of selective mutism. Selective mutism, or SM, is an anxiety disorder that prevents a person from communicating in certain situations. Generally, it's a young child who is unable to speak in school setting. But I want you to know that SM can affect a person at any age. It can affect more than just speaking, since speaking isn't the only way to communicate. And it can also affect a person anywhere that feels anxious, not just in school. Now, I want to tell you about our daughter and what selective mutism looked like to her. She's a typically developing, maybe even an overachieving baby and toddler. She crawled early, walked early, and she talked early. Looking back, she probably started showing signs of SM around one year old when we took her to get her one-year photos taken. Now you know what I'm talking about where you want to get your cute little one-year-old all dressed up and have them take these cute candid photos. And she did. She looked so adorable in her cute little dress but she would not show her personality or her smile to the photographer. No matter what the the silly things the photographer tried to do to get our daughter to smile, she would not smile at all. She just stared at the lady. And this lady tried everything. I felt so bad. We were all sweating, just wanting to get one little smile. And at that time, we didn't think anything of it. We just figured she didn't like the photographer for whatever reason. As she got older, she still seemed like a typically developing toddler, But whenever we got together with extended family, like grandparents or aunts and uncles or her cousins, she never spoke or engaged with them. She would play next to her cousins, which again is typical for young kids, but she never really babbled or pointed to toys or anything like her cousins were doing. Again, she's our first, she was our only child at the time, and we didn't really know what typical was, so we just figured she was shy, and since we didn't see them as often as... We saw other people. Um, We just figured she was shy and she'd eventually come around. Uh, When our daughter was three, uh, we had her start preschool. Uh, We talked to the teacher ahead of time and let her know that our daughter was really smart. Um, She knew all her letters and her numbers and was even starting to read sight words. But we told her she was also very quiet. Um, Her teacher had been teaching for over 30 years and she said, you know, Sometimes kids that are really academic may just need extra warm-up time to get to the social part of their of their brain, have that part of their brain catch up. We know we didn't know any difference, so we're like, oh, that makes sense. We'll just give her some time. Uh, and we, as we watched the teacher try to get a picture of our daughter, who oh man, she looked so painfully awkward in a picture. We were so hopeful that after some time, we would see that our daughter would come out of her shell and be the crazy outgoing girl that she was at home. Unfortunately, though, time did not change anything, which is another component of the SM definition. So if a child goes more than one month 
without speaking in a school setting, they may need to be evaluated for selective mutism. So our daughter went over a year and a half without talking to anybody at school. She didn't talk to any peers. She didn't talk to any teachers. She didn't talk to any toys or stuffed animals. No one. And no one ever mentioned selective mutism to us. Nobody told us that there was an issue going on. We just thought she, I don't know, we didn't really have an explanation that she just was doing her own thing. And I think a lot of the confusion with SM happens because of what an SM child may act like at school. So for our daughter, she was very pleasant. She was attentive. She followed directions. She showed kindness to others. And she appeared happy and content. The teachers never thought that anxiety was a component because she looked so happy. And I think when people do think about someone with anxiety, they think that someone may seem withdrawn or upset or crying or not engaging. And that just wasn't our daughter. She just acted like all the other students, except she never talked to anybody. So we went, got through the first year of preschool, started our second year. Uh, we had a different teacher and we ended up having conferences um, kind of towards the middle-ish of the second year of preschool. And we had asked our teacher, her teacher if they had any uh, topics discussed about vehicles or kids being alone. And the teacher looked at us pretty confused and said, no, nothing like that. Why do you ask? And it was because right after our daughter turned four, she began exhibiting some extreme separation anxiety when it came to us at the gas station. When we got out of the truck to pump our gas, she would cry. She would demand to have the windows down. And at this time, it was the middle of winter in Minnesota. So there was no way that we were going to have the windows down while she was sitting inside. And she had to make sure she could see us at all times while we were pumping gas. And we didn't know what was going on. Uh, so we had mentioned this to the teacher that we thought maybe she had anxiety. And she's like, what? You think she has anxiety? No way. She's so happy here. And so we're like, oh, all right. Well, maybe we don't know what's going on with our child because we really didn't. And then we started realizing that it wasn't just in school that our daughter wasn't speaking. We noticed that, you know, after she was four years old or so, she was really only talking to me, her dad, her baby brother, and she was talking to one grandparent. And that grandparent was the one that did daycare for her for the first three years of her life. So they had a very close relationship, but she wouldn't talk on the phone to others. She wouldn't talk to the neighbor kids who were a little younger than she was. She wouldn't respond to a worker at a store. So you know how kids love getting stickers at Target. If you guys go to Target, my daughter would not be able to get a sticker because she was so frozen. And that's what SM is. The appearance of an SM child is a child that is frozen. Their hands might be up by their face or their mouth. Their gaze may be kind of down and towards the ground. And there will be no responding when asked a question, no head nodding, no smiling, no eye contact, just that frozen gaze towards the ground expression on their face. And I'll never forget, you know, when my mother-in-law would come over to see her granddaughter and how excited she was to see her little granddaughter. And, and you always want that moment of her running up to her grandma and giving her a big hug. But it was never that way when her grandma came over. And it was really heartbreaking to see as a parent. Um, 
grandmas are the best. I mean, who doesn't love their grandma? And obviously our daughter did love her grandma, but no matter how many sweet treats and presents her grandma, grandma brought, our daughter just didn't interact like we thought she would. She would have that same position of if we're at the store and she's asked if she wants a sticker, she'd be frozen. Her hands would be up by her mouth. Her gaze would be towards the ground and she would not respond at all. Again, selective mutism at this time still wasn't something we knew about. We could only assume that she was being a little stinker and she just didn't want to talk to certain people. Because believe me, that little girl could talk and talk and talk when she wanted to. Again, that's something that's so important to know about selective mutism and it's very situational. They're not selecting the people that they want to talk to. It's that they cannot utter a sound in certain situations. But when they're comfortable, no problem. They're like every other kid and they're happy and talkative and crazy. So being that I knew she could talk just fine at home and just fine at her grandma, I was beginning to be very impatient with her not talking at school. So I told her teacher that if our daughter didn't answer questions she asked, that she just needed to walk away from her and not give her the time of day. I can admit that wasn't my finest parenting moment, but I didn't know what else to do. Again, I didn't know what selective mutism was. I just thought she was being a little stinker and that she was purposely not talking to certain people. Luckily for us, her preschool teacher was very sweet and she never gave up on her daughter. So needless to say, the teacher did not follow my request, which now I'm perfectly fine with. So six months into our daughter's second year of preschool, while I was working front desk at a children's clinic, I randomly came across the diagnosis of selective mutism. And that was the day our lives changed so much. And if I'm being completely honest, the reason the term selective mutism caught my attention was because I first read it as selective mutation. I thought, ooh, this must be a disorder where maybe something on the DNA chain is mutated and, and causes some something. But no, Google thankfully corrected me. And so when I put in the term selective mutation, it corrected it into selective mutism. And this is the definition I got. Selective mutism is a severe anxiety disorder where a person is unable to speak in certain social, social situations, such as with classmates at school or to relatives they do not see very often. Bingo! This was it! I immediately sent my husband a text, then ran back to the pediatrician who was working that day, and I said, oh, I think my daughter has selective mutism. What can you tell me about it? His answer was not what I expected. He said, hmm... I don't know if it's a real thing. Just give her until kindergarten and she'll probably outgrow it. Well, that didn't feel right to me. I knew that this is what was going on with my daughter. And I know I should have been working that afternoon, but instead I couldn't help but researching as much as I could about selective mutism. And in my search, I found the selective mutism questionnaire. And I'll put a link at the, at the podcast notes on this so you can take a look at it. Um, but it, for just about every question on there, I selected never. And it was questions like, does your child talk at school? Never. Does your child talk to you when, when other people come over? Never. So all of these nevers kept being circled. And that's when I really started to know that this is what was going on. And so, yes, our daughter, she had selective mutism. It was a, like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders to know that our daughter wasn't being just a little stinker or being rude, but she had an anxiety disorder and that was preventing her to speak. 
I'll get into therapy experience in a future podcast because that is a story in and of itself. But for now, I just want to recap what the defining characteristics were that we had noticed in our daughter that pointed us to selective mutism. So first of all, she would only talk to me, her dad, her brother, and one grandparent, even though she had a very large vocabulary and had a lot of personality she would not be able to talk in any other situation. If somebody else came to our house that she couldn't, that she had never talked to, she wouldn't be able to talk to even us in front of that person. Second, when she was put on the spot to talk, she would completely freeze. Her hands would come up by her mouth, her gaze would be down in a way, and she would in no way communicate to that person. There was no eye contact. There was no head nodding. There was no pointing. There was no smiling. It was just frozen fear, and just want, she can just tell you want, she wanted that situation to go away. The third thing that we noticed that was pretty typical for a selective mutism child after we figured out what was going on is she could not smile for a picture when somebody other than her dad or myself was trying to take her picture. And it brought me back to when she was one and she would not smile for that photographer. That's why we think that it was going on at such a young age. School pictures were also not what we had expected before we understood what was going on. And I'll put a link on the notes as well um, to the website I have that has pictures of her um, from picture day. And I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Finally, she showed some very strong separation anxiety and bedtime was very difficult for her. And it took us a while to realize it, but what we figured out was that She knew she couldn't talk to other people, and she knew that if mom or dad weren't around, that she wouldn't be able to communicate to anybody. So she always needed us around so that she knew that her wants and needs were going to be met. And if we weren't there, that wasn't going to happen, and that scared her, and and rightly so. so. That is what selective mutism is. That is how selective mutism was found in our daughter. If you have questions about selective mutism, you can visit www.smhelp.org or feel free to send me an email at smhelp2020 at gmail.com. If you're on social media, you can like Selective Mutism Help on Facebook and Instagram, and I'll make sure to include the links below. I'm here to help in any way I can for you and the child in your life that has selective mutism. I also have a discount code that I want to share with you just for people here listening to the podcast. And this code will give you a discount on lifetime access to any of the Selective Mutism Help online summits. I've hosted it in the past. So if you use the code PODCAST1, all lowercase letters with a number one after it, at checkout, you will save 25% on either the entire 2020 summit or the entire spring 2021 summit. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you join me for the next Selective Mutism Help Home Educational Learning Program podcast, where I plan on talking about our journey with therapy and the different types of therapies that may work for your child. Thanks again for joining me. Bye.